I'm going to invite Andrea to go ahead and to pull up onto the screen. You might be familiar with this. Shell Silversteins, the giving tree. Let us take a look. Once there was a tree, and she dearly loved a little boy, and every day that boy would come, and he would gather her leaves and play that he was king of the forest. He'd make a crown, and other days he would climb her trunk, he would play up in her branches and swing and eat apples. And they would play hide and seek. And when he was tired, he would sleep in her shade. And the boy loved the tree very much. And the tree was happy. But when time went by, and the boy grew older, and the tree was often left alone. When one day the boy came to the tree and the tree said, Come boy, come and climb up my trunk and swing in my branches. Eat the apples and play in my shade and be happy. I'm too big to climb and play, said the boy. I want to buy some things and have fun. I want some money. Can you give me some money? I'm sorry, said the tree, but I have no money. I have only leaves and apples. Take my apples boy and sell them in the city then you will have money and you will be happy and so the boy climbed up the tree and gathered the apples and carried them away and the tree was happy but the boy stayed away for a long time and the tree was sad then one day the boy came back and the tree shook with joy and she said, Come boy, climb up my trunk, swing from my branches and be happy. I'm too busy to climb trees, said the boy. I want a house to keep me warm, he said. I want a wife and I want children. And so I need a house. Can you give me a house? I have no house, said the tree. The forest is my house, but you can cut off my branches and build a house. Then you'll be happy. And so the boy cut off the branches and carried them away to build his house. And the tree was happy. But the boy stayed away for a long time, and when he came back, the tree was so happy she could hardly speak. Come, boy, she whispered, come and play. I'm too old, said, and too sad to play, said the boy. I want a boat that will take me far away from here. Can you give me a boat? Cut down my trunk and make a boat, said the tree, and then you can sail away and be happy. And so the boy cut down her trunk and made the, a boat and sailed away. And the tree was happy, but not really. And after a long time, the boy came back again. I'm sorry, boy, said the tree, but I have nothing left to give you. 
My apples are gone. Well, my teeth are too weak for apples, said the boy. My branches are gone, said the tree. You cannot swing on them. I'm too old to swing on branches, said the boy. My trunk is gone, said the tree. You cannot climb. I'm too tired to climb, said the boy. I'm sorry, sighed the tree. I wish that I could give you something, but I have nothing left. I am just an old stump. I'm sorry. I don't need very much now, said the boy. Just a quiet place to sit and rest. I'm very tired. Well, said the tree, straightening herself up as much as she could. Well, an old stump is good for sitting and resting. Come, boy, sit down. Sit and rest. And the boy did just that. And the tree was happy. The end. Interesting story. How many have heard that story before? Yeah, it's a familiar one, isn't it? In this story, what does the boy represent? What does the boy represent? Sinfulness, right? Within each of us. It's exhibited in the boy's actions. You notice that he was always taking or wanting or receiving, not having enough, lacking true happiness, consuming, discarding, wandering, longing for happiness, returning to the roots of love, this source, this constant companion. He wasn't happy with himself. Does sin do that to us? Confirmance. We're both what? Saint and sinner. We come and we confess and we receive God's word of forgiveness. But sin is like that thing that just will not come off. It's in our fabric, it's in our being. In the same story, what does the tree represent? What does a tree represent? A loving companion? A sturdy presence? Someone who's always there? A giver? A servant? Do you know people who are trees in your life? Could this tree represent a loving and giving God who seeks relationship with us? who's always interested in our well-being, who's always looking out, who never sleeps nor slumbers, that no matter what's going on in our life, God is present in the good times and the not-so-good times. Life is like a river at times. We get caught up in the current. We can't reach the bank and we're swept away. But God is with us. And what happens to the boy over time? Well, he got older, didn't he? Became a young man who wanted to build a house and have a wife. And he became an older man and wanted to build a boat and get the heck out of here. He had had enough of life, right? There are times when you want to get on the boat and go. 
What happened in his outlook of life as he grew older? Did he get more playful? Did he get more nimble? He stopped climbing that tree. Was he able? What happened to the tree over time? The tree gave fruit in good season. Its branches and its limbs and finally gave of its trunk left with only a stump? How does this represent God? Is God something that we consume and use or is God ever-present, ever-renewing, ever-growing, ever-creating? God just didn't create and then back out of creation, did he? He's still creating. God chose to remove a barrier. God chose to take on sin in the world. God chose, as the tree did, to make the boy happy. God gave his son, his only begotten son. You know, the the one that we believe. The true presence of God in our lives. He was hoisted up on a tree and he was cut down. Why? Why must this be? Why would a creator who creates allow for his son to be cut down? Is it unconditional love? Is it agape love? Is it just as a tree loved the boy unconditionally, giving, 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 giving? Does God take from you or does God give to you? Is God giving us the promise of salvation? And what good is that for us today? Isn't that a ticket for tomorrow? In Jesus' Sermon on the Mound, he commends a way of living. Now, with the gift of salvation, now. The giving of alms, well, what's that? That seems to be a biblical term, the giving of alms. It's simply giving freely. It can be money. It could be your home to shelter someone. It could be food. It could be providing a bed. We know in the story of the Good Samaritan that he took the man who had been beaten when he had walked from Jerusalem to Jericho and he took him to an inn in Jericho and paid two denaria, which would be about a month's wages. During our Lenten pilgrimage, we'll have an opportunity to give to children here in Jones County to provide for and to help boys and girls who haven't a bed to sleep in. You know, it's hard to fathom in 2019 right here in Jones County that we have a number of children who sleep on couches, who sleep on floors, They don't have a warm bed that you're going to crawl into tonight. 
maybe a blanket curled up in the corner of a room. And if you don't believe this, talk to any of our teachers. We have more children in Jones County who are receiving free meals, breakfast, lunch, and take a backpack home that's been put discreetly into their locker, filled with food to get them through the weekend. And these kids are to learn and to grow. And then you try to sleep on a floor. Right here in Jones County, in Scotch Grove, Anamosa. Here in Monticello. Our bishop is really asking us to do something different this year. And I forgot to bring the bag in. It's sitting on. Um, Holly, would you go to my office and grab a blue bag? Thank you. She's so kind. We're so good to have Holly. Bishop Burke said, what we want to do this year during Lent is we want to make sure that we're helping people right here at home. And so he's invited all of us to bring this blue bag to our congregations and to fill it with things that we are doing in our ministry and that we're giving toward for Lent. And then we're to take this blue bag, one bread, one body, and I hope it's filled with sheets and pillowcases and pillows and a quilt. Wouldn't it be great if somebody made a quilt? Thank you so much, Cyrus. You're saying, Pastor, a quilt ain't going to fit in there. That's right. That's right. I might tape this bag to what it is that Wayne Zion Lutheran Church is doing to help our children to sleep. And to bring it to the Senate Assembly in May. And after the assembly, be sure you get your blue bag back and take it back to your congregation so that what you're collecting goes back to the people that you meant it to be. I have a vision of Wayne Zion helping one of our members do something great. I want to thank Heather Weirs. We are so blessed that God is using her in a powerful way. I did not know this, but she is the person who's in charge of protecting our children in Jones County. She is the child protection agent. And it bothers her that when she visits, she sees kids who don't have beds. And so she learned about this wonderful program called and I know it by heart, but I need to look at it. Sleep in heavenly peace. If you look at the back of your bulletin, you will see just a little blurb about that. Her goal is to raise $7,500 to launch a, ch a chapter here in Jones County. In March, the middle of March, she'll be going to Idaho Falls, Idaho, where she will be trained to become a chapter uh, president, whatever, leader of this program. So you can read about this ministry and, and the goal that we've set for ourselves in there. I typically, Wayne Zion is a very giving congregation, if you haven't realized that.
We typically give anywhere from 3,500 to 5,000 every year through our, our, our Lenten midweek offering. And in the past, it's gone to the ELCA World Hunger. But this year, I'm asking that you send it to sleep in heavenly peace. Let us make a difference for the children here in Jones County. Jesus also commends us to pray. And so may our prayers be an offering to the one who loves us more than we love ourselves. He also commends us to fast. Well, that's a biblical term too, isn't it? It means to abstain from daily activity, to reflect on scarcity, to reflect on disparity, to reflect on loneliness. Maybe sometimes by not filling our belly or skipping a meal reminds us of others who have to skip, not by choice. Fast is also a formal community gathering where people come together to give alms, to pray, and to worship, remembering the source of life. This year on our, local, our Lenten pilgrimage, I want us not to focus on our sin because our conferments, we know this. We are both saint and, and we can't undo that. We will go on sinning. That does not mean we're bad people. That does not mean we're bad people. I want us to focus this Lenten 40-day journey on what God is doing in us through our living baptism. And so I don't want any long faces on Wednesday night other than maybe tonight. Huh? I want us to rejoice in our living baptism and what it is that God is doing and what we have agreed to do as parents and as confirmants who pass through the rite of confirmation with the affirmation of our baptism. With the affirmation of our baptism, we make a commitment that we will be ambassadors for Christ wherever it is that we live, wherever it is that we play, wherever it is that we go, that Christ goes with us. So if we're given this opportunity to grow old as the boy did in the giving tree, and we sit on that stump, may we know more than these tired bones, but that God is creating still in us. And if we will allow it, God will use us and know that right now, today, we rest in the glorious presence of a God who loves us, who calls us through Christ. But for this Ash Wednesday Eve, we remember our sin, we remember our sinfulness, we remember the times that we are taking and wanting and never having enough, lacking true happiness, Consuming, discarding, wandering sometimes aimlessly, and failing to forgive others. Tonight we feel our morality. We know our death will come. That is a reality. For dust you have come, to dust you shall return. But know that you have a loving God who calls you by name. 
The imposition of the ashes from last year's Palm Sunday uh, ferns will feel cold on your head this evening. May we sit in silence knowing the tree we cut down, destroyed, will bring forth the gift of eternal life. For this is our resurrection hope. Amen.